0: Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate and, in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good
1: morning, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning New York. It is Tuesday, July 28th, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. We are coming to you live, as usual, from Blastoff Studios here in New York. We have a full hour of our esteemed panel this morning. Rachel is standing up. She had an act. Well, the taxi (laughs) cab had an accident. (laughs) accident. We have have another taxi story.
2: (laughs) It was was taxi, not Uber, right?
1: It was taxi, (laughs) taxi, not Uber. You know
3: what? It wouldn't have happened in an Uber. <laughs>
4: oh, I agree. You That's a bold statement. Anyway, Abby's we not have here
3: a... to argue. Uber, <laughs> you can call me at two one two. Seriously, <laughs> my God.
1: We have a full hour of hot topics this morning. But first, as usual, let's get to some news items. Good news for Union Square Cafe. They have found a new home after high rents forced the popular restaurant to leave its longtime East Sixteenth Street location near Union Square. Danny Meyer, the eatery's owner, told the New York Times that it will move to 235 Park Avenue South at 19th Street next year. Union Square Cafe signed a 15-year lease. Mr. Meyer would not say how much the rent will be or that he will be paying on Park Avenue. The number of sales and price of Hampton's homes dropped in the second quarter of 2015, according to a new report released on Thursday. Some 590 transactions took place, totaling $931 million in the quarter, representing a 16% decline in number of sales and a 14% drop in total dollars spent in the same period last year, according to a report by Douglas Elliman Real Estate and the appraisal firm Miller Samuel.
5: Time to buy out east.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Median prices for all homes also fell by 7% to 849000 in the quarter, but New Yorkers looking for a summer home in the playground for the rich and famous shouldn't expect too many bargains. Jonathan Miller says, quote, what we are seeing is the end of a two-year window where demand in the Hamptons has been fully absorbed. The market isn't declining. Consumers are just taking a break. Uh, A full-floor apartment on the 29th floor of the Pierre Hotel, which is steps from Central Park and offering white-glove perks like concierge service and twice daily maid service to its co-op residents sold to the widow of one of the founders of Liberty Travel for $22.9 million dollars. And was the most expensive sale of the week, according to city records. The 4890 square foot apartment in a historic district at 795 Fifth Avenue and 61st Street has a monthly maintenance of $21,000, according to Street Easy. Wow. Good for her.
2: That could, Good that is she can right. afford that. Absolutely. Good
1: for her. There's something to be said for living in a neighborhood where the morning commute feels like a chilled-out fun ride in Coney Island, officially in Manhattan and surrounded by water. Loaded with parks and without a single traffic light, two-mile-long Roosevelt Island has turned into a refuge for city dwellers seeking breathing room and relative affordability. Yet, they still get to live just one F train stop or a picturesque tram stop away from the Upper East Side. Starbucks recently opened on that island, plus a big-box pharmacy – I guess I don't know what a big-box pharmacy is – sushi restaurant and art gallery – David Kramer, a principal with real estate development firm Hudson Companies, gushes, this is not your grandmother's Roosevelt Island anymore. And it didn't hurt that Hillary kicked off her presidential campaign there. The soaring New York City commercial real estate market is showing little sign of coming back down to earth. Sales, volume of land, and existing buildings is on pace to top $75 billion by the end of the year a 30% uptick from 2014, and an all-time record for the city, according to a new report by commercial brokerage Cushman Wakefield. The previous record for sales volume was set at the height of the market in 2007. When $62.2 billion worth of deals were done. Those numbers are just staggering to me. I don't understand commercial. Anyway, this week, the Bea Arthur residence, an 18-bed homeless shelter for LGBT youth, announced that renovations would be completed in 2016, the most recent item of good news for the LGBT community, which has finally been getting the recognition and real estate it deserves of late Most notably last month, the Stonewall Inn was designated a New York City landmark in a unanimous vote by the Landmarks Preservation Commission, the first in the city to be recognized because of its importance in LGBT history. And in non-real estate related matters, there was, of course, the Milestone Supreme Court decision uh, last month that legalized gay marriage throughout the United States. And finally, the penthouse at 50 United Nations Plaza has been a hot item since building reps confirmed. That nearly 10,000-square-foot apartment would have a private pool. To be fair, that was in 2013, right before the pool amenity uh, uh, buzz started popping up left, right, and center all over Manhattan in these pricey apartments. But the pool-touting penthouse in the Norman Foster-designed tower has finally arrived on the market asking $70 million. The duplex has four bedrooms staff quarters and a 525 square foot north facing terrace. I love when I talk about these high priced apartments that go on the market for 70 90 100 million dollars because I get emails after the show saying what is New York really about? My God who can afford to pay those those prices? Well you know I'm happy to report that there are people in this this land and this economy that can do it and they are happy to do it so
3: I'm still trying to
2: figure out big box pharmacy No. Oh, thank you for reminding I me. I don't is. know what yeah. that is. What is That's that? either um, a Walgreens, right. a Dwayne Reed, the real big ones, not the mom and pop ones.
1: Oh, well, we want That's mom what and pop. they are. Yeah, we I know. We want mom and pop. do. We
2: do. <laughs> and they take our insurance.
1: They so. do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good morning again, everybody. So welcome back to another week of Good Morning, morning. New York. Good morning. good morning. Do we have a, a, a good week laid out for this uh, real estate um, business that we're in? Yes, it is. It always is.
4: It always is a good week. It always is a good week. Yeah.
1: I do uh, I have some news. Yeah, I actually
4: just joined da, 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 da. Uh, a new firm. I joined Compass uh, last week. Woo-hoo.
3: Woo-hoo. Congratulations. Thank congratulations. you very
4: much. It's a very exciting firm. and It's an exciting time to be at the firm. Um, this week, for example, we have a social media week where there's training on social media and everything like that, which is right up my alley. So right after this, I'm going to be heading to uh, a couple, uh, you know, training sessions there, which you're be You're going to be great. teaching the
6: training. No, I was I was I was, that. I'm just
4: going to soak up as much as I can and try and be as head of a curve as I can. <laughs> Tell
1: us what office you're out of I'm because I be, have several.
4: Yes, I'm at 95th on 14th nice. and 5th Avenue. Nice.
1: I hear that office is um, – Pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
4: It, it's it's beautiful. It's a great office. The vibe is awesome, and you know I'm surrounded by extremely well versed brokers. So I have a lot to learn myself, and you know hopefully I can give back as well. So it, it's going to be good. It's exciting.
1: You
2: certainly will. Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank, thank you. Congratulations for certain. Sure, thank you. To have you. They, are. <laughs> yes, thank they you. are.
1: Yes, they are. All right. Let's get moving on. So the growing list of super tall, ultra skinny towers reaching higher than fourteen hundred feet has raised the question of just how far New York City developers will dare venture into the sky. Although it may be difficult to predict what materials and engineering advances will permit, one structural engineer who has worked on several soaring buildings, including 220 Central Park West, I'm sorry, Central Park South, uh, and a spire planned at the site at the Park Lane Hotel, said it won't be long before 2,000 feet or even a half mile into the sky is possible. So... My question becomes, what does this do to our skys- <clears throat> skyscape, and isn't this very Hong Kong-like? If you remember a year ago, probably on this show, we talked about how shadows from some of these higher buildings were, <laughs> were you know showing up in the park. When you're laying down in the park and people were complaining that they don't want the shadows of these buildings blocking their sun. I mean, what are these, these tall skyscrapers a half a mile into the sky? What is this going to do to our skyscape?
4: Well, I think you know Perul and I were actually talking before the show about um, we, we were just discussing the Hamptons and how any kind of space out there, you know, y- you feel like it's underutilized. If you're out east, you're like, oh well, there's a there's a patio and then there's then there's a lawn. Well, why aren't there you know a Table. million a million tables on that lawn? What's going on yes. over there? What, why is there just why is there open space? And then, it's wrong exactly. And I had yeah. I commented on how you know it's going to be a shame when in twenty thirty fifty years I don't know what the time frame is for. Um, All the development sites to kind of get built out here, and then we were discussing how it's going to be very much like Hong Kong, where you're you're not going to be able to walk through and see, you know, peaks of light and stuff like that. So it's definitely going to change the the landscape of Manhattan. You know, I'm not sure if it's going to going to change it for the better. You know, because. I, I haven't been to Hong Kong personally, but I don't know if I get too excited walking around if there's just towers around me, sort of yeah, like, like, like walking around the Faidai. Financial Fidei. district, yeah. right?
5: Like I mean, the reason why I mean we did a whole piece last week on how Fida is becoming such a livable place and people really want to be down there, and kudos to them. And I think that there's something for everyone, and I'm glad that you know, at the end of the day, we live on a small island, so we need as much space and I think that, you know, having these towers is only going to give people more livability in the city in a way, right? But I personally don't want to live in financial district and it's because it's too much of a concrete jungle for me and even being out east makes me realize more and more how much I need that tranquility, you know? And so I mean, when Niall and I were having this conversation, I jokingly was like, I was like, 20, 30 years from now, I'm like, well, I'm getting the F out of Dodge, you know? <laughs> so I was like, no, it's not going to be my problem, Dodge. right? Yeah. But um, but that being totally. said, the fact of the matter is we're New York City real estate brokers. It's probably
2: going to be our problem or our gift, whichever way we look at exactly. it. So, but it's yeah. not just the towers. Depending mm-hmm. on the neighborhood, like I was out with buyers on Sunday on the Upper West Side, which is one of the neighborhoods I absolutely love. And it hit me, you know, sometimes you forget if you haven't been someplace mm-hmm. for a while, yeah. mm-hmm. that... I'm going to say the majority, not the vast majority, but over 50% of the apartments there face other buildings because Mm -hmm. it's all low rise. A lot of it's landmarked and most of the apartments I saw, even on the eighth and ninth floors, Uh yes, you saw the sky, which does bring in more light, but you see the backs (laughs) of other buildings and you could be on the eighth floor or you could be on the 58th floor with other buildings coming up around you. And I think it's the nature of the beast. It's well, true,
5: right? I mean, yeah. at some point, having buildings around you just feels <laughs> like you're lower on the ground. That's all it feels like. So. Absolutely.
1: Mm, yeah. But, you know, as far as these these, these buildings that are going to go half a mile into the sky, I mean, I guess in some way, it's an escape getting off the ground. If mm. you are really one of these view type people or mm. want to be up in the sky looking at everything else but a building right next door to you. Maybe that's the answer for people who like that, but but, but you know, you know, you know, certainly it does hurt us in business because it's more inventory for us and it's more product to sell, and we all know that in New York City, the past couple of years, inventory has been very limited, but you know what? I still go back to my old world New York head and think that I am such a proponent of the New York skyline and I kind of like the way it's been for hundreds of years and I don't really want to see too much of it changing because, uh, after all, that's what made New York City very popular.
6: But, but Vince, real quick, I also think the, the zoning does make it a little difficult in New York City, so mm-hmm. it might be a little different than Hong Kong where you could just have all these buildings go up. But, I mean, here, I don't know if in 20 or 30 years it will quite happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Upper West Side, one thing I noticed when I haven't been to the Upper West Side in a while, and Vince, I'm sure you can relate to this, you come out and you're like... Wow, I can see the sky, you know? <laughs> yes. The buildings are overall lower than most of Manhattan Yeah, and maybe 16 like, stories. Yeah, Extreme. you know, and it's just like so and and they just changed some of the historical zoning, I believe. They, uh, added, dist- more. they added more historical district uh, mm. land, I oh, believe, yes, right, they did. on the, the Upper West Side. Drive, yeah. So I think that's going to that trend's going to continue as well, and I think it'll make it a little more difficult. So I'm not yeah, too concerned.
5: I agree. I actually feel that uh. we're maintaining a relatively good balance. I mean, I think that, you know, the pres- the historic Preservation Society, you hear a lot of, like, you know, banging of tables. And on the other hand, you know, it's like you see a lot of developers, you know, really trying to push the bill on the other end. I think largely speaking for all the complaining we do about the city, right? Like this is the one thing that I think that, you know, there needs to be new development and there needs to be historical preservation. And I think both are happening. And I agree with the word balance
1: because I think that's what it comes down to. And the right people in the right jobs in this town hopefully will keep that in balance. I just want to make a comment about the Upper West Side because, Deborah, you said you were out with clients over the weekend. I was too. (laughs) And I got to tell you something. It was I missed you. I know. <laughs> I was going to ask you later where you are. Yeah. We we went to five or six different places, and I got to tell you the the amount of people at open house was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and on Monday we were putting an offer in on a, on an apartment because it was a very successful day that Sunday. But mm-hmm. you know we we lost out on one in the bidding war, and then we we finally got another one. But there were multiple offers in a lot of cases on the Upper West Side mm-hmm. this past weekend. And I thought, okay, so. Smack in the middle of summer when all the naysayers say, well, you know, uh, it's typically slow in real estate in the city. Uh, not really. Not in the well, summertime. you know
2: what? The first open house I went to with one client was on West End Avenue. First day on the market. I knew the broker, so he gave us like five minutes before everyone else. After seeing that apartment, when we came back down to the street, this is a building where the doormen will not let people congregate in the lobby, which is good for the people who live there. I agree. There was a line. I counted of 16 groups of people wanting to get in, like you just said, in the middle of the summer.
1: All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back after that. First, you're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are going to come right back. Don't go away.
0: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. We're ready now. Visit Blue Realtygroup.com. That's BLU Realty Group.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back and we're with our
1: panel, Perul Brombat, Nile Lundgren, Rachel Altschiller, Phil Horrigan. Ivy Ray and Deborah Hoffman. Okay, so it's possible that your attorney could overlook key information and that you have grounds for a claim and some reimbursement here, but... It'll be tough to turn up concrete proof, says some experts. In representing a purchaser of a cooperative apartment, attorneys should review the cooperative offering plan, amendments thereto, at least two years of financial statements, as well as the board minutes going back to at least three years. However, even performing proper due diligence may not have turned an attorney on to several issues unless they were disclosed in the board minutes a footnote to the financial statements or an amendment to the cooperative offering plan. Let's explain to the listening audience around the world. Remember, not everybody is so co-op savvy around the world. What are the importance of board minutes and an and attorney doing proper due diligence? Deborah, of course, you'll lead us off, right?
2: Yes. Well, I also have a few things to say in addition. Um, <laughs> what a co-op actually is, it's a corporation, and they have to follow – the New York state laws of corporations. So there has to be a board. You don't actually own your apartment. You own shares in the corporation, which gives you a right to live in that apartment. What the board does is, in the best of worlds, uh, runs the building well. They make sure all the salaries are paid of the doorman, of the um, porters, of anyone who's there. Um, They also take care of the physical part of the building. They make sure the hallways are in good repair, the roof is in good repair, and what a lot of people don't realize is that in order to keep their tax deductibility status, an outside inspector has to come in every year to inspect all the major facilities of the building, the heating system, the water system, the any big thing, and that is in the financials, which is interesting. So the one thing I did want to mention though you're talking about attorneys looking back over the last two years of financials. And that's a rule of thumb. And as brokers, we're always growing and changing with our business. And we do things certain ways until something happens. And I had an attorney once who said, well, I always look back uh, 10 years at the financials and the minutes. And I went, what? And she said, I'll tell you why. Because once I was doing it at a very well-known co-op on West End Avenue and four years before They were talking about replacing the roof Mm. and what the assessment would be to shareholders uh, per shares. And there was no more mention of that afterwards. But four years before, they said, and we will start this in 2000, whatever, like five years later. Mm -hmm. So if you only went back two years, you had no idea this was coming down the pike. And I learned something, and I started talking to the other attorneys that I work with to say, unless you know this building inside and out, this is what happened. And some of them went, wow, (laughs) I'm going to have to start looking back a little further.
5: That's actually really brilliant. I I just learned something right now. Thank you.
2: But in the board
1: minutes, you're always Mm going to find – hopefully you 're always going to find anything and everything that goes on in a building, whether it 's a complaint about a neighbor whether there 's yeah. a, a mouse in someone 's apartment whether there 's a roof problem, because all of that stuff again for the listening audience, board minutes are recorded at these meetings, and everything that 's discussed goes into these minutes so that 's mm-hmm. a great way for an attorney to understand what is going on in the building. But in this particular, you know, question, you know, it's, it's, is it possible for an attorney to miss something? And then what happens if it comes creeping back to the buyer of that apartment after the apartment trades and after the, you know, the, the, the lease, the stock and lease trades and and it's officially closed? Is there any recourse, I guess, against the attorney or the co-op board?
3: No. No. And that's why having a really good attorney is everything. Yeah. Everything. And I find that some clients use a family friend, a Mm -hmm. cousin, somebody who's
5: not from New York City, a neighbor's cousin.
3: And so a flag goes up when we see that Mm -hmm. the attorney is outside Mm -hmm. the boroughs and they don't know to read the board minutes. Mm -hmm. I I actually just had that where he didn't read the board minutes. And it's it, the client doesn't understand, unfortunately, and the they don't know to get even know. Two sometimes. years' financials. Usually, they just get last year's financials. Oh God! And on top of that, in the summertime, it is extremely difficult to get the updated financials mm-hmm. of the previous year. I would say between May and July is really a tough time because it usually comes out in June, July, September. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. These are the things to look out for. Yeah,
7: yeah, and wouldn't this all apply just to our listeners? A tremendous amount of the dialogue we're having goes for condominiums as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: You know, the due diligence mm-hmm. that is on the hands in the, the responsibility of the attorney, because sometimes you get in buildings. Obviously, if there's been a lot of internal struggle mm-hmm. between owners and the board or owners and the sponsors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If a building is still governed by the sponsors and it's been under sale maybe for half a year and there's still a tremendous ma- and there's been all kinds of conflict, that isn't public. And they mm-hmm. want to hide it so they can continue to sell their units.
3: And then you have self-managed buildings also. Oh, yes. yeah.
7: I mean, it really, yes. the attorney, I'm just with all of you, that mm-hmm. it couldn't be more important. Your attorney has to dig. And I'm with you back more than two years. hmm mm-hmm.
6: The other thing I was going to say is sometimes by the attorney doing the due diligence or reading the minutes, they could also confirm some things or or get new stuff that maybe wasn't disclosed in the contract. For example, most contracts say uh, the buyer uh, – the seller represents there haven't been any leaks in the apartment in the last 12 months or so. Well, sometimes in the minutes, you may see – Maybe there wasn't a leak in that apartment. But there was a leak in the apartment above and that's right. happened before mm-hmm. where a buyer realized they were about to buy something and they realized, oh, wait, there was a leak in the apartment above just six months ago, this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and it just, you know, it just sometimes gives you some more information that you could then dig in a little deeper.
2: Or actually what happened to me mm-hmm. last year is my clients were buying an apartment next door to a well-known hoarder mm-hmm. in the building mm. and- The attorney went to the management company and this is – as Rachel said, you must have your attorney actually go (laughs) down and read the minutes because this is the kind of thing – because you're chatting with the managing agent while you're there. They bring the minutes to you. You could ask a few questions depending on your attorney's style and the attorney said, oh, I see you're just – the minutes are discussing this person who's a hoarder. Have you had problems with them? And they said, oh, yeah, we we have a mouse problem <laughs> from that apartment, exactly. but we don't, we don't, we can't prove it's from them, but it's something. So there's a red flag, Ooh. red flag. But he wouldn't have known if he wouldn't have gone and chatted with the managing yeah. agent while no, reading the minutes.
1: And it's, it, this is all extremely important. And, and some
2: clients think they can read the board minutes.
1: Right? I just had that. My Depends client wanted to read the board and minutes. And they get
3: frustrated, understandably, right. but they, the yeah. attorneys are the only part of the deal, that have access to the yeah, board minutes. the managing agent yeah. would let
1: the client in to do that, and yeah. I said, but your attorney is going yeah. to do this. If you don't trust your attorney, then you need to get someone else, but Correct. he's going to do it, and they happen to be working with a very good attorney, because I reverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amen but, to that, brother. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah. but, 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 but they, they didn't read the minutes, because they really shouldn't.
7: And one final thing that I want to say is that sometimes it also is advantageous to get an attorney that has done a tremendous amount of closings in a particular building.
5: Absolutely. If because, happens, oh my <clears throat> god,
7: is there, there's so much that lurks Underneath the surface. Yes. Especially and a lot in of these buildings. Market. Yeah. And again, yes. in new developments. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's oh, been open a year mm-hmm. and there's still a tremendous absolutely. amount of sponsor units left. And mm-hmm. there's maybe a lawsuit going on with the owners and the and, and the sponsors. And then, you know, so if you get an attorney that isn't savvy on that building, they can mm-hmm. actually ruin the deal. And that's yeah. For, yeah. When they're only going to look at the headlines. When yeah. and it they're comes to new go, do I ever go near it? And then if you get someone who knows mm-hmm. it, you can find all the backstory. You can actually meet with yeah. owners. If these people really want this home, there's, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that's experienced in the building. Can yeah, no, you should make a You can the deal.
1: Map an attorney to a particular building, or mm-hmm. if not to a particular building, to a co-op and then to a condo because they are vastly different. And you do have your expertise in co-op, and you do have your expertise in condo, especially in this market part.
3: when you have 72 hours, sometimes 48 hours yeah. to sign mm-hmm. a contract, yeah. which I just had. Mm-hmm. You need someone who is going to finalize that contract. Yeah. ASAP, read those minutes,
1: and that. financials,
3: offering plan. I mean, that is Yesterday. really hard to do, and they do it. And when they it want right. the apartment, That's they right. do it. And
1: get it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to summer for a minute. I just referred to it when we were talking about open house this past weekend. For the most part, you should treat major holiday weekends, Memorial Day, July 4th, and Labor Day, as no-fly zones when it comes to hosting open houses. But even when we have clients and sellers who are very eager to list, list, list in in these, these uh, summer months, I tell them to do it, not to do it on holiday, someone said to me. So what is the opinion here? Running open houses with a brand-new listing on one of these holiday weekends, does it make sense or does it not make sense?
2: I think it depends on the market, the mm-hmm. neighborhood, and the size of the apartment. Mm-hmm. Because my entire career – I could talk about the Upper East and Upper West Side and Midtown. If you have a one-bedroom or a studio – if it's a co-op, these people who are the buyers are saving their money. They're really not taking a lot of vacations. They want to show those liquid assets afterwards. So if it's a small apartment, absolutely. Yeah. And I have had turnouts. Everything else, I'm not quite sure. I'd like to hear what you said. Mm-hmm. Well said, though. <laughs> well, I actually think that we're we're in
5: a in a transitional market right now. So <clears throat> I think traditionally I would have said, oh no, everybody's gone. City's pretty empty. I mean, we see it in the streets, right? Like, I mean, West Village is empty even now. So to your point, Deborah, like absolutely matters which neighborhood we're talking about for sure. However, that being said, I think the transitional market for us, if it's a condo, the fact that we have so many international buyers these days, um, there are absolutely, they are in town in the summer on the weekends Mm -hmm. looking. The number of requests that I'm getting for showings on the weekends is Just inconceivable and incomparable to what I've ever experienced in 10 years of being in real estate. So this year specifically has been very different. Um, so, I think that we're definitely transitioning into a, you know, brokers and needing to work the weekends in the summers, as much as we may or may not like to hear that. I was going to say, yeah. I think it comes down
1: <laughs> to sometimes the broker does not necessarily want to work on these yep. holiday weekends because everybody's entitled to a, a, a break or a weekend off or some vacation time, whatever. So, I get that. But I've been, I, 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 I agree with all of you. I, I've been seeing. Um, where these holiday weekends this year have been busier mm-hmm. than normal. Um, and, you know, even though the apartment the, the city is empty because a lot of people are away, there are people who are in town. I just had a very busy weekend. It wasn't a holiday weekend, but a very busy weekend of showings. And there were a lot of people at these open houses and a lot of people making offers because on Monday and Tuesday we were talking about multiple bids, bidding wars and whatever. So, and here we are smack in the middle of July. So, you know, holiday weekends, if it makes sense, um, it's probably the right thing to do. Moving on, let's talk about there's probably no place in the world where the um, adage live and learn is truer than New York City. First-time buyers or renters may think a cozy apartment sounds cute. Veterans know it's claustrophobic. <laughs> Newcomers may think that a bedroom that looks out into a courtyard will be nice and quiet. Veterans know it's dark all the time and that the early morning garbage can roll out will wake anyone from sleeping. How do we coach new people, first-time buyers out there? With what really is going on in the marketplace, cozy versus quiet versus dark versus whatever, do they come to you and ask uh, these specifics or do – is it up to us to kind of tell them You know, if you want this, it's going to be that or if you want Hmm. that, it's going to be this? What do we do?
6: uh, I usually start off by saying just what you said. If you want this, it's probably going to be this. If you want this – but I think we all know that ultimately you have to get them out there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To have to them. see yep. a part experience. Of experience. Yeah. So similar to shock therapy. And I'm sure, like as, as, as experienced agents, we all know that no matter how savvy someone comes into the market yeah, from yeah. other places, they just have to get out and see stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just the way I usually run the business, and it sounds like you guys
1: do as well. Yeah, man.
5: absolutely.
1: I'm going out this afternoon with a first-time buyer <laughs> and um, first-time out, and so it's going to be a little bit of the same. Of course, the requirements are all up to the ceiling. Yeah. I have yeah. all of these wonderful things and here is my price range. So we're going to go out and see exactly what reality is and it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be a bedroom facing, you know, brick wall. It's going right. to be this, you know, on a lower floor with not too much sunlight. Right. But of course, all the requirements, I want lots of light, I want no noise. I'm coming from out of town, so I'm not used cathedral to cathedral ceilings.
2: Noises. A rent stabilized apartment. Well, she yes. didn't say, <laughs> she
1: didn't say high ceilings, but I'm sure once we start looking it's going to be that too. So it's interesting. And actually, I kind of like the educational process of beginning working Mm -hmm. with somebody because you just watch their facial expressions as you go through your search. And I think we're looking at four or five apartments this afternoon. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, we'll start off with one. And by the time we get to five, this whole facial thing is going to be completely different. Sometimes Uh contorted, (laughs) sometimes happy and smiley. Sometimes, you know, you didn't hit the mark for me (laughs) or you did hit the mark or whatever. But you know what? So that's what the second time around is about. Mm -hmm. So we hone that down into what makes sense based on what you want. What I'm telling you is out there, and we move on from there. So anyway, we have to take a break. I
5: think we can all just say ditto to that. (laughs) (laughs) Say
1: ditto, but that's what makes my job anyway very interesting. I love the educational piece. We have to go to break. We're coming back. You're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away.
0: Visit Blue Realty Group.com. That's B L U Realty Group.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco.
1: All right, everybody, we're
0: back, and we're going to talk about Yorkville.
1: Yorkville is a sprawling neighborhood on the Upper East Side that has been best known in recent years for the disruption caused there by the construction of the new 2nd Avenue subway. Not so new anymore, but the the new 2nd Avenue subway. Decades in the making, the new subway line is now scheduled to open at the end of 2016. The fact that Yorkville has been underserved by subways is precisely what has kept it more affordable than other Manhattan neighborhoods and why many recent graduates and young families have gravitated to that area through the years? I actually lived up in Yorkville for a fleeting moment. The housing stock includes high-rise rental complexes, co-op towers, new condominiums, townhouses, and apartments in former tenement-type buildings. Let's discuss the Upper East Side and Yorkville. So as I just mentioned in the, in, in the warm-up piece here, that it was very attractive to most people, mostly younger folk, because – it's so far away from the subway that the apartments were cheaper for the most part, you can find uh larger sized apartments, so you know lots of um uh shares would take place up there, recent college graduates. But now the Second Avenue subway is supposed to be finished in a year or two. I give it maybe two or three but any in any event, people are starting to think that the subway is almost complete, so now this is going to change the look and feel of Yorkville and or the Upper East Side. What is it going to do to the value of apartments? Have we been noticing that prices have gone up a little bit so far or not?
2: Well, I do most of my business in Yorkville and my office is in Yorkville. And what I've noticed is that the prices are inching up a little bit, but Mm. only because there's no inventory. I don't think it's the subway yet. I think people are still asking about the subway. Mm. I have two buyers right now who want to buy investment apartments condos. And what a lot of people, unless they walk the streets of Yorkville, what they don't know is there are a number of these tenements up and down Second Avenue, up and down some of the side streets that a lot of savvy developers bought during the downturn, 2008, 2009. They were rentals. They waited for the people to vacate. And just a couple weeks ago, they started tearing these masses of buildings down to put up mixed use and condo buildings. None of them are rentals, which I think is very sad and not great for the neighborhood because they're displacing rental buildings. Yes, they're only five four or five-story tenements, but it's really interesting to watch what's going on as you walk up and down the streets. In addition, a number of developers, and I see other companies are doing this, they're buying one tenement or one. A family house and making each floor. So there's only five units, a small condominium, and those are all up and down the East uh, 70s and 80s in the Yorkville area. But they're very high priced. Yeah, you know, and they're I'm selling. Finding
5: really interesting in this mm-hmm. neighborhood is that um, I have a buyer who uh, really loves an apartment. We just saw it last week and loves the apartment. And our conversation was. Well yeah, but until the subway is actually up and running three years from now, can I actually live you know on 70th and first and have to walk to sixty eighth and park every day for my you know closest subway so I mean or lex I guess but the the fact of the matter is is that like it's a lifestyle choice due to which I think that that area hasn't kind of boomed upwards as we know the change is coming, like other places, right? Like Hudson Yards area, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. the price uptick is huge compared to Yorkville. And it's sort of interesting that sort of that forward thinking hasn't happened in that neighborhood. And it tells us sort of where, where New Yorkers draw the line, how important transportation, mm-hmm. restaurants, mm-hmm. lifestyle actually becomes yeah. that this neighborhood hasn't upticked the way other neighborhoods But have let's talk
1: about city. that for a minute, because you bring up a good point, Perul. You know, the, the, the West 30s, okay? with well, that, that whole area of, of new mm-hmm. development there. You know, that's not very convenient to subway trains either. either. That's true. However, you see, as you just said, more of an uptick over there Mm -hmm. than on the east side. And so is it still that kind of left of the park versus right of the park thing, or is it...
5: I think it's because it's still the 30s, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's still sort of downtown. It's Mm -hmm. still... And and if you look at it, it's because the High Line has crept up. Absolutely. Um, Chelsea, I mean, uh, Clinton, or otherwise known as Hell's Kitchen, has crept downwards. Um, Also to Deborah's point, what's really created a, a sort of a more restaurant and a more of a life on that side has been these Rental towers, these rental glass towers that are really nice rentals that people are willing to sort of have a longer walk. Because, like, when you're renting, you're looking for a price break, you're looking for nice views, Mm -hmm. you still want some nicer amenities. And these buildings sort of provided all of those things for younger, but you know, like younger professionals. And people ended up moving out there. And then it's become a thing to be able to, it just made that area more livable. I think it
3: also attracts, sorry. I know you have so much to say. There's so much to say about this topic. Yes.
7: I'm just going to say.
3: I just want to say it attracts a lot of um, dog lovers, runners, bikers, and people. I find that my buyers actually like (laughs) Yorkville and the west-west side, really on the water because it's so quiet and they want that peace. And that's where you get it. So Yeah. Were you saying
7: athletes on the west side?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, west side I, side I have you. a lot
7: of athletes in my in my sphere and people really are more and more as mm-hmm. people really it becomes a center they can't of afford Central Park. and a lifestyle. Right. Yeah. People are buying with that in mind because yes. the one thing they won't give up is what they've now found that's changed their life mm-hmm. so it's, it's crazy people that are athletes and that aren't regular people that have really discovered if they do this and be, can, become conscious about their bodies in a different way. So what I also wanted to say is that I think that the west side it's a lifestyle choice, obviously, and it's whether or not it's a fit for who you are. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are purchasing wherever the hell they can. Often people are renting That's true. wherever they Very can. True. But I think that Yorkville is a, it will be an incredible investment. Yes, because later on it's going to rock. Absolutely. But still, it's a lifestyle choice, and I agree with Perul mm-hmm. in that you've got the water, you've got the light, you've got the views, but you've also still almost kind of got downtown and the people that would move over there. It's going to be groovy over there. Yes. And I don't know that I don't know how long it'll take Yorkville to get groovy, if ever. It's so it's just not the same kind of choice. It's not the same mm-hmm. human being.
1: It's a different. It's a different look and feel, I think, because mm-hmm. first of all, I don't get to the east side all that often anymore, unless it's for real estate, unless I'm showing something, I'm whatever. With you. I live on the Mm -hmm. west side, and I think we all Um, tend to live in our neighborhoods. But I did live in the beginning of my New York career on 72nd and 2nd, and so my walk to the subway train on 68 and Lex Mm -hmm. was quite a hike in the morning. So, you know, you kind of have to factor in that commute factor, you know, when you're coming and going. But I did, I do, in the morning I was annoyed because I had to walk, especially if it was warm and it was sweaty, whatever. And I was working downtown, so not only Vince long It hates walk, the heat for hate, those that are listening. It hates, but anyway, <laughs> you, know, you, you walk to the train, and then you're commuting another 15 minutes on the train to Wall Street, whatever. But at the end of the day, in the evening, I used to like, and Ivy, I think you said this, it's peaceful, it's quiet. I felt like I was coming home to home versus coming home to a place where it's so convenient to go out again anywhere on a train and just – you know, mm-hmm. disappear. So I really felt like I was home on the Upper East Side now now. I'm not saying that I would ever move there again because I just happened to like living on the west side, but um there was something about, you know, feeling like I was removed from, you know, the the fray or the, the, the craziness of New York City. Yorkville, I lived for um a fleeting moment. I was renovating an apartment and I lived on eighty fourth between first and I guess it would be East York. End Avenue. York. 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 Wow. That was, mm-hmm. that was quite a distance. Yes. That was yeah. really quite a distance. You know a what, though? Beautiful, the, but yes, Over distance. the
2: years, the majority of my business has been the Upper East or the Upper West Side. And when people started getting priced out of the Upper West Side, especially younger people, I'd say, we're going to do a Yorkville tour. And I meant at the time, mm-hmm. and this was starting about 10 years ago, East to First which means First Avenue, York Avenue, and East End Avenue. and people, oh, no. But if you're in the 80s, you have Carl Schertz Park, which yeah. is just like Riverside Park, only mm-hmm. less congested. Like Gracie Mansion and is the home of the mayor. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. And what's interesting, though, is I usually take them for a whole day, even when we had more inventory. We'd see a few things in the morning. I would take them for lunch. Then we'd go for the afternoon. Then I'd say, you pick a place around here for dinner. And every single Individual, couple, family said to me, it feels just like the west side, but the architecture is much nicer on the west side.
5: Right. It mm-hmm. is. You know, it definitely it's mainly is. white
2: brick buildings. It's eh, 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 on the east side in, in Yorkville. But – the majority of these people wound up buying there because they could afford it, and they said it feels the same. It's the same people. It's not the Upper East Side that we pictured. Well, it,
1: it, so. it, listen, the architecture is completely different. It's yeah. it's new world versus old world. I mean, I, you know, again, I, and I say this every week on the radio, but I, I'm a big uh, pre-war fan mm-hmm. and bigot. And so I remember living on the East Side, and I was running around with my broker before I was in the business buying apartments. And I used to say to her all the time, Fran, I want a pre-war apartment. And she'd say, well, there aren't that many. And the inventory <laughs> is low and whatever. And I keep thinking, how could this be? You know, how could this be? Typical buyer. How yeah. could this be? So, you know, we We're always ended up found. We always ended up finding one. But when she finally convinced me, and, I, and I, she's no longer with us, uh, God rest her soul. But, you know, she used to push me to go to the west side all the time. And when she finally did, and I finally agreed, I would only rent... I was I was always an owner, but I only would rent for a little bit of time on the West Side at the Century Twenty Five Central Park West Uh because I wasn't quite sure I was going to stay there. How could you be sending me to the West Side? I can't deal with this. This is Mm -hmm. not going to happen. Whatever. Well, three months into renting that wonderful big, very expensive apartment, one in the building came on the market, and three months into my rental, I purchased an apartment in the same at Twenty Five. I was
3: just in that building.
1: Love. Yeah. That I love. The lobby is yeah. insane. It's insane. It that was a million-dollar renovation, by the way, Big back Whoa, whenever. Oh wow. So I bought an apartment, and then I was renovating that while I was still living in the rental. And uh-huh. then I was with two apartments, and I thought, okay, so what am I going to do? Which one am I living in? <laughs> Airbnb,
5: so, oh, wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tried to rent the one out that I purchased, but it was like right after 9-11, so everything just kind of came to a crashing halt. So I just ended up moving into that one. But um, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, but the different <laughs> housing stock. So if you really want old world and you really want pre-war, you're going to find that on uh, the west side more easily than you mm-hmm. are on the east side. Absolutely. But the east side has its, and its all charm. all over downtown. You know, and for those that are listening airport. that aren't from yeah. New York, yeah, and yes. and you know Absolutely. people compare the restaurants and the eating experience East Side, West Side, Downtown, Uptown. People are starting to talk these days about how wonderful it is in Harlem and how the the mm-hmm. restaurant choices are great in Harlem. So, you know what? You have to be open-minded in this town when you're searching because you just never know where you might end up.
2: Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, we are right in the midst of Restaurant Week mm-hmm. here in New York mm-hmm. where many of and so many more than I've ever seen yeah. of the restaurants give these special prefix I was going to uh, say, explain that dinners. to the res-
1: listening audience out there who doesn't know what Restaurant Week in New York City is because it's yes. pretty big.
2: It's actually about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And what many of the restaurants yeah, who participate grown. do is they give you these prefix lunches or dinners, whichever you like, and you have a limited choice, but it's giving you the opportunity to try restaurants that you never would, or, as we were just discussing, if you're thinking of moving to a different neighborhood, to see what's going on in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. of some of the better restaurants. And I was amazed at how many Yorkville restaurants were participating this year. They
1: are fantastic. All right. We have to go to break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. (music)
0: We're ready now. Visit blue-realtygroup.com. That's b l u Group.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at Group.com. Now. Back to the show.
1: All right, everybody. We're back, and we're going to uh, end the show today with a little bit of fun. But it's, but it's a serious topic, though. The Department of Pedestrian Etiquette. So, oh, you know, when you're living and, and walking around and, and, and living in New York City, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, there are rules and regulations that we have to follow. And sometimes we don't follow them, and there are accidents and, and sometimes serious accidents. But – Recently, a notice from the New York City Department of Pedestrian Etiquette, and somebody said to me the other day, does that even exist? And the answer is yes. Dated July 10th, so just a couple of weeks ago, is warning anyone who plans to navigate the sidewalks of this town that there are new changes to be implemented. Specifically, violating any pedestrian etiquette rules will result in denial of permission to enter the city for a period of no less than one year. Very harsh but this is really happening. Yes, Ivy, this is really happening. Uh, is I, I read this, I this and I thought it's it was a, a good joke. joke. Yeah, I thought it was a it joke too. So, uh, I mean, this I'm,
2: rocks.
7: I think it's I'm so cool, hit. but is it real? Listen. But it's to...
5: crazy because, like, I mean, I get annoyed in L.A. when I get slapped on the wrist for jaywalking because yeah. in this town, nobody cares.
1: I've gotten so many tickets. I, but do you want to yeah. know in what? City. In L.A. Oh,
5: yeah, in L.A. In LA. I, got
1: a, I got a ticket in the 80s for jaywalking. What? When? when? In New York City Madison Ave. In the 80s. Oh, okay. Okay. Crossing Who's Madison in Avenue 57 1980s. 1980s. Oh, in 57
5: years. 1980. Yeah, not in the West 80s. <laughs> not yeah, in the East 80s. God, 80. for some reason. No, <laughs> like, well, no, we in thought you meant like West 80s we or no, East 80s. No, no, no. 80s. In, 19, right.
1: in 1980, I'll tell you exactly, okay. 1986.
7: Wow. So finish. Finish your walking story. Walking across
1: Madison Avenue. Okay, so here we go. Effective April 1st, 2016. <laughs> April
7: 1st. That's so funny. Inside
1: April of April Fool's EU. Day.
2: <laughs> uh, is this
1: a joke? got to no. be a joke. It's not. I'm telling you. It's not. Listen. Effective okay, April Vince 1st. would
2: never lie to 2016.
1: Us. <laughs> all new residents and visitors. That's where it's really going to hurt. Oh. To New York City over the age of 16 will be required to take a mandatory training session on proper etiquette for navigating the sidewalks and streets of the greater metropolitan area. This is
2: never it's happening. Never so are they going go to the do the hotel? You check into a hotel and they give you the class? According to... That's why (laughs) I said it's
1: going to get a little (laughs) tricky for visitors because I don't know how that's going to work for visitors, but all of us us who are New York City residents and who have been residents for a long, long time uh, there's going to be some kind of training. I don't know what it's like. But anyway, here. What? Let's go down just a couple of them. Take because a quiz are... before
7: you get off the airplane.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't, first of all, you know, what, <laughs> how the hell are they going to implement? Yeah,
5: exactly. That's what I was just going to so say. It's
1: so cool, though. Please continue. I don't continue. know how they're going to implement. Can you imagine police officers who should be looking at other more serious things, following people jaywalking right. or, right. you know, Extending their arms on the sidewalk and blocking people. <laughs> Let's read view. some of these. Let's yeah. read some of these. The first one From says: the onion, blocking the sidewalk or any you public area in a large stupid. group, <laughs> or just standing like an idiot in the middle of a pedestrian traffic. Also referred to as clumping. So we've we, we've all experienced <laughs> that. i right? I'm, I'm on for crazy. that. Oh okay. Excuse this me, you're clumping. Hilarious. you're, yeah. you're clumping my city.
5: my city. This is
1: You're we clumping don't my city. clump. <laughs> no, so, so wait a minute. Let's think. It
5: sounds like it. a dance style to me. <laughs> I
1: know I, I don't do clump. like the word clumping.
5: Crumping. Clumping doesn't
7: sound good to me. I just don't like that word. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, It brings too. a lot to mind, doesn't it?
5: Not...
7: <laughs> yeah, we're not going That's there. That's what you hear. Th-
5: um, <laughs> but here's the. Th- <laughs>
1: We need a kid. Didn't Howard so we Stern name his unborn face. child Clumpy? Your face. He probably <laughs> I did. I think he did. He probably yeah. did. knowing we him probably did. But think about it. There's a crowd of people on, you know, probably tourists and I don't want to, you know, nail anybody, but they're walking very slowly in front of you or there's six across the sidewalk. We're in real Estate, we're always rushing to apartment uh, to appointments or we're just going to do something personal and you have got to kind of navigate around, walk sometimes out onto the street to get totally. around. them. It's annoying. It's an issue.
2: Yeah. You know what though for New Yorkers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The days where this is also really bad in neighborhoods you don't expect. You kind of expect this in the tourist areas, but around Fifth Avenue on parade days, Mm-mm. after all the marchers march and all their buses are parked on Second and Third Avenues, and you can't cross any of the streets because people are clumping. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> There's clumpers it's true. everywhere in New York. Let's move on. We have said, a lot we're of rules. So,
5: we're so impatient in this town. But I know,
3: we
7: are very impatient. But texting are, and walking. By the, the
3: way, I saw a dog walker with four dogs. Texting. I got you. Don't holding don't the four dogs and texting, and I took everything out of me not to go up to him to say, "You have four lives in your hands, yeah. and you're crossing the street and looking at your phone." If and I
1: ever saw my dog walker texting with my baby on the street, mm-hmm. I would kill fired. Him. Uh, yes, yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So weaving from side to side, oblivious to busy New Yorkers trying to get around. I'm okay. With you. This. Go. Listen, we get irritated <laughs> on the highway when cars. I just had this Sunday night coming uh-huh. back from my mother's. Cars weaving in and out, you know, because they're in a hurry to get to yeah. the next stoplight. Right, that's basically what it yeah. is. But when people do this on the sidewalk, what are you doing? You're bumping Ooh. into me. I mean, you're stepping on my up. shoes. Well, my I question
4: think, is, what? what are we supposed to do when there's people clumping and we need to get around them? We have to weave, Vince. <laughs>
5: but you we, know must what? Weave. <laughs> we must weave. We <laughs> must <laughs> weave. I think there's weave a
1: direct Bob.
3: correlation <laughs> yeah. between weaving and intelligence. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> but-
1: okay, you're so if you intelligently weave in and out... I get that. Oh, she made a point.
2: Yes. But there have been times where I have explained to people uh, new to the town who are complaining about, I don't understand why everyone's going so fast or if they're clumping or something. And they're obviously from out of town and they're being very friendly. I will say, you know, in other parts of the country, you're driving along the highway and you've got lanes and the white lines, you stay in the lanes or whatever. We walk. So you don't weave because that's like weaving in traffic. (laughs) Look at all these people around who are carrying briefcases. They're commuting. But how many times on the highway do
3: you have some moron on the left lane going slower than everyone in the middle? I
2: know, but that's
7: true. true. Nowhere near as 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 much as we've got an issue on the sidewalks. I'm for this. Can you finish with Yes.
5: Idiocracy is happening. This next one
1: really blows my mind because this (laughs) really drops me crazy. (laughs) Stopping abruptly Without stepping off to the side. How many times are you walking <laughs> and the person in front of you oblivious clueless just stop short and you
7: run right into the back and you bump right
1: into them and it's phone, like phone, the best like, is on no, the subway I'm not stairs, stairs. No. oh okay. that's the best i think this is brilliant all right yeah. but all i say is you need to just be aware people just be aware yes. you can't be walking in the city of eight or nine or ten million people <laughs> on crowded midtown streets or neighborhood streets and just stop short why are i'm doing with that, you boys? you wouldn't yeah. do it in
2: a car i i'm Absolutely. so with you i agree
1: Sudden gestures or movements, for example, sticking out your arm to the point, to point at something, and thus smacking somebody in the
7: face. I've had
2: every one of these. This is smacking in the flipping. face, by the way. I like the hair flipping. I <laughs> so
1: for this. Keep going, Vince. I like the hair flipping. I mean, hair flipping will also be for <laughs>
2: Into your eyes. Well, no.
1: when you're stopped Take at a cross it. at a crosswalk, right, and yeah. someone with long hair just decides to do one of this and it smacks you in the face, I'm like, really?
3: That happens. Yeah. Really? That's just true. happened to me on the subway. This girl me looked all the her time. hair yeah. and her hair went in my coffee. Again, another coffee. Mm-hmm. In incident. And I looked at her because I am a real New Yorker. Yeah. And we all, if you know Rachel, you know you how I roll. Yeah. And I people. looked at her and I went, your hair just went in my coffee. And she goes... You got coffee in my hair. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But that, that is just a classic yeah. Yeah. example of people I mean, not understanding personal space and respecting each yes. other. It's
1: Here's so another funny. one: blocking pedestrian traffic to stop short and stare at a very tall building or something, you know, miraculous up in the air. You just stop and you whip out miraculous. your camera phone and you take a picture. And I'm mowing you right down because you right. stopped short, <laughs> yes.
7: and you're Get looking at something the in wall. the air. Get yes, the wall. Oh I mean goodness. thank you. There's just very basic. I love this because in a in a not roundabout way we're simply asking people to become conscious yes and the, I'm in a can I share a story yes please Break it down, so I mean. one of our yeah well I mean I just it's I've had so all these funny. things happen to me and I'll be walking down the street and I bob and weave very well and I'm conscious Strategically. so I look ahead of, mm-hmm. of me if I'm in a hurry and I run around people and I get and I'll, you, have you had it happen where you're walking down the street you go to the right to get around someone they go to the right Oh, I hate you that. go to the left they're not even looking at you. <laughs> they're just doing Ahead of you, with their back to you, they're just not doing. looking, and then you'll finally go. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Choose your side, man.
3: And then you what they're happy, and-, and we're upset. And yeah, here's done
2: that. here's yeah. what I, I want to say. Day.
7: There is a major issue with pedestrian traffic in the city. I know a it's lot awful. has happened. It's awful. Here's what I want to say. Is that a friend of ours the other night? You know, I'm always <laughs> spinning back with cycle stories because these things don't make the major news. But he's he he's going to live, but he almost didn't and he was riding mm. and someone awful. just darted off off the sidewalk and right into the right off the curb and blasted him and he flew off the bike and hit the back of his head I... he almost didn't make it and so it's i'm all for this and not this happens a lot we don't get it on the news cyclists get injured by pedestrians all the time
5: this is making Coming me wonder if uh, if i'm the person who is is just Doing it, walking in the street <laughs> because I'm hearing all this, like everybody's so aggravated. It's yeah, a hot and topic. I just think it's hilarious because I think I'm just like, I'm like, maybe it's meditating. Maybe this is another plug for meditation because well, I hello. feel like I walk around really <laughs> zen in the city. Like, yes, there's people, and yes, there's clumping, and yes, there's, but that's just the nature of this city. It's whatever, city. exactly. But here it is. I if think you, Phil and I are on the same page, uh, and they're just like, ah, yeah, whatever, it's all right. I had to well, duck and bob, and somebody yeah. hit me in the face, whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. walking so if yeah. you
1: do it well then it then it goes you it know takes without just like any good skill. but i just want we're going to finish this next week because there's a few more that we went through here I, i'm not going gonna... to
3: let's go out on the street let's let's do oh, a show boy, where I we're like all that. walking down the That's street and we're yes. like literally just talking to people and bumping into them and trying to get around them coming <laughs> coming up it. live
1: from the streets but anyway we got to exactly. go i just I, just I just wanted to say that this is real this law is real google it look it up it's going to happen by 2016 in april I don't know how they're going to get away with it, but Phil is saying no, no, right, no, no but we'll see. No anyway, way. that's our show for this week. Uh, uh, good morning, New York, for this week. We are back next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific time, live. You can always catch the show later in the day on podcast or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thank you for being here, and we will see you next time.
0: <laughs>
2: Bye. 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 I-